0: House of Mystery presents Inside Writing, the radio show where authors discuss their writing process
1: in all genres. All right, everybody, we are back in the House of Mystery. You're with your host today, Kevin Thompson, and today I've got a special guest with me, and I'm excited to do this show because it's covering one of my personal favorite topics, we're going to be talking about the paranormal. And joining us today, we've got Jeffrey Sealman. Jeffrey, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you for
1: having me on the show, Kevin. I really appreciate it. Now, for the listeners that aren't familiar with you, who is Jeffrey Sealman, and what do you do? I was
0: born with psychic ability, um, and I grew up in uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I am 58 years old now. Um, I was in the United States Air Force for a while uh, after I got out in the 1980s. I, I studied metaphysical topics. I always had an interest in them, and uh, and so uh, about the 1990s, some people had asked me to do um, some home clearings just to see if I could do them, I guess, they were unable to get rid of these uh, issues and the spirits in their home and uh, decided that I should really kind of uh, give it a, a go and I did and I was successful right away that led to other people suggesting that I bring it to the public so in 1992 I actually brought it uh, to the public locally uh, here in Milwaukee and uh, and so um, what I do is I clear people and property uh, Business properties as well of negative emotional energies, accumulated emotional energies in a property or around or in a person's energy field. I also uh, banish, which means get rid of. You can't kill them, but demonic spirits and also negative people who are dead and continue to do negative things. And as they say in the movie, business is a booming.
1: You know what? I, I I know what you're talking about. Having, you know, done clearings myself, and I, I, I cannot say exorcisms because that's really not my thing. I'm more of a paranormal investigator. But why? Why the sudden explosion in activity? You know, it, it, going back to the 70s, you know, we, we know the classic cases, Amityville and You know the the conjuring, you know, which is based loosely around a true story, the entity. But those are big, huge things. Now all of a sudden, it's like boom! Every house, every trailer, every camper has got a spirit. Why is that, or is it something that we're actually doing to ourselves? Well, I think
0: it's a little little bit of both, Kevin. You know, we have a great interest in these things. Uh, Spirits, um, we all are spirits, and when we die, we, we drop our physical body and fully become a spirit. Uh, but there are a lot of people out there who are not positive, and they don't turn positive when they die. And demonic spirits and spirits with a bad attitude, meaning negative spirits, um, have been around since the beginning. Uh, and so they, they try to get people to do what they would not normally, normally do. They uh, amplify angers. Uh, and so when people get angry or are thinking negative thoughts towards their loved ones or themselves or anybody else uh, one thing they do is try to amplify those emotions by linking or lacking energy fields so there's a great science to it it's not really religious in nature but um, many religions deal with it uh, in their own way uh, I started out dealing with straight Uh, Exorcisms and then branched off into negative emotional energy in 1999. Uh, When I realized that going through all of these homes, Kevin, uh, all of these businesses, that uh, some of the places just had a a huge accumulation of emotional energy Mm -hmm. from past tenants and present tenants. And also when there was a uh, demonic spirit or negative spirit in there that uh, they were attracted to the amount of emotional energy in uh, the apartment condo or the business or whatever. And so there's a dual problem. And so modern exorcism is not like it used to be. It's not just real specific. We're trying to get rid of more than one problem, you know, the root cause. Uh, what is the cause of, of why is the spirit attracted to this family or individual or home? And one of the uh, solutions is to uh, uh, clear the home of negative emotional energy, and I do that in person, and I've also developed a technique that's scientific in order to do it uh, remotely as well, because there's no such thing as distance. Uh, and when I was doing clearings only in person for the 15 year, first 15 years of my work, I never touched anybody's bedroom drawers or Anything personal, anyway? I just kind of walked through and and did my stuff and used a huge amount of uh, of uh, strong positive energy to have the opposite effect upon negative energy, which means moving it, moving it out of the house and and uh, somewhere else, depending on what it is.
1: Now we, we we've said a lot in the last five minutes, so let me back up so that we can hit some major points that I'm sure the listeners. Will find fascinating. Let's go back to your beginnings or, or to your history. Now, when you say that you began to study metaphysics, what were you studying, and why? What was the attraction to that specific topic?
0: When I was born in 1959, um, I was, uh, you know, I started my mem- memory started maybe age three or so, but. I had uh, the ability to see spirits, although I did not know what they were. I thought they were just luminous people that were uh, around other people. I mean not um, shadowing them necessarily, but in the classroom at school that they might be standing near them or seem to be communicating with them, maybe helping them with their homework. And also there were other spirits that seemed to be trying to maybe distract the students and so that was one thing that I saw. My mom told me later on in life that I was also telling her, you know, times that people would call in a few days in advance, no earth-shaking predictions, just little things, and so they had me tested. Uh, I also had an experience, which I put in my first book, which uh, uh, I was woken up in the middle of the night, I was four years old, uh, by two aliens uh, who were quite physical in my bedroom. And so that was uh, my first uh, experience with aliens. And so it should be said. It should be said that that happened because it did happen. And I actually had somebody ask me one time, just one of my regular doctors, you know, a uh, 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 you know primary care type physician, you know, "Weren't you sl- sleeping? You think it's possible you were sleeping?" And I, I said, "I was until they woke me up."
1: <laughs> you know, so. Now, aliens or, or spirit beings? Aliens, aliens uh, actually quite physical. and uh,
0: I described them in my audio book. I'm not trying to point towards that. But essentially they had some kind of devices on their chest that were self-illuminating. Uh, and what they did, I do not know. I thought they were two giant eyes looking at me. It was real dark in my bedroom. And then they moved apart, and then I could actually see that they had identical clothing on, which I had taken to be probably some kind of uniform or something like that and they're also the devices were uh, 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 uniform as well I felt no threatening or hostile moves although I was completely ter- terrified and sat up straight in bed I looked at him for about 15 minutes I kind of moved around my bed a little bit but they were far closer to the door of the bedroom than I was and I just kind of ran out eventually and went um, crying for my mother and so he's four years old now four yeah, years old so. I don't
1: blame you don't yep, blame yep. you at all and so well, that's I, kind of happened that time yeah I, I'd like to come back to that topic actually here in, in, in a little while but you went from studying metaphysics to suddenly doing clearings um, I mean were people around you were they aware of, of, of your knowledge or, or what you were able to do at, at this point and why would they come to you for clearings? Well, I mean, what qualified at that point yeah, to do clearings?
0: Yeah, it's a—it's actually kind of a, a logical story. I uh, had attended some Ouija board sessions of people who have been doing this stuff for 20 years, and I was not even sitting at the table. I was actually back a little ways. I was just a casual observer, and... Uh, one of the I had been to several of them, and one of the messages that came through is this: one of the regulars that was having a problem, and nobody seemed to be able to get rid of this problem in his apartment. And he was a very sane, uh, intelligent, professional person, and he just said, "Well, you know, let Jeffrey give it a try." So that's kind of where the message came from, and I was like, "Well, it can't do me any harm for me to go in there and just take a look around," and but I seemed to know what to do almost instinctively. There wasn't at that time so much training as it was that uh, I naturally could always feel and even visually see on a non-physical level, which means with my mind's eye, uh, negative emotional energies and positive emotional energies, but they were only concerned about the negative stuff. I perceived that there was a spirit that was in this guy's apartment, and I simply you know, kind of used this energy that almost just kind of came through me and, and pushed it out. It never came back. Uh, and, and the same thing happened with somebody else who was sitting there who was an actual psychic reader who was a, um, very good at it, too, and, and was not having a lot of problems, but just kind of wanted her her uh, reading room cleared out. And so I went and I did that, and that was also successful. And that's kind of when these people said, you know, you got something there. We've been trying this for a couple of years, you know, and you just kind of went in there and did it. Why don't you just, you know, see if you can help, uh, other people and that's kind of what I, I did I started I put an ad in a newspaper a local newspaper and then things went from there to some television appearances and radio appearances and things like that
1: so what I mean I, that is pretty incredible because I, I, I'm gonna say this and, and tell me if this is a fair statement Jeffrey given what you just told me that this was just so smooth and so natural you know it's not like you went to any school you didn't have to get certified there was no you know you got to take four semesters of clearing and two semesters of demonology and let me look at your transcripts you walked in there and and did it would it be fair to say that perhaps God has gifted you
0: I I would say that that you uh, certainly there's been additional, a lot of additional training uh, from uh, higher sources. Um, I think it should be at least uh, considered that God would have a lot of workers. reason mm-hmm. not just kind of walking around on clouds with nothing to do, that actually that there are spirits uh, that may have been around longer than you and me or specialize in these things, uh, be they terrestrial or alien or whatever, that uh, teach people um, who are already uh, uh, maybe unnatural at this kind of stuff how, how to do this. And that was certainly my case. Um, so there really isn't, you know, uh, no school that could train me as well as uh, as spirits have uh, and uh, aliens as well, you know. And, Anybody who had uh, my first book is an audio book, and it goes into my life story. Anybody who's read that would know that I certainly had to give credit to where credit is due, and so there was some uh, astral alien tr- uh, training, and st- still is, and there were certain events that happened all at once, and then there were smaller things that happened, and so it kind of came from a number of different sources, and so my techniques are very eclectic.
1: Now. Mm. Yeah. Let's um, let's look at that. Let's look at your techniques, because when when people hear the word exorcism, well, let me just give you a test. All right, Jeffrey, I'm going to say a word, and you tell me what image flashes in your mind. Exorcism, removal. I mean, as far as yeah, gone. But most people think the movie Exorcist.
0: Yeah, it's past now. The non-physical universe, uh, what people, some people call heaven or the other side, is completely non-physical, meaning that all spirits communicate telepathically. But it can be said that the non-physical universe uh, uh, is intimately connected with the physical physical universe, and so um, there are times when the wind is right, meaning the energy is very thick, full of emotional uh energy itself or uh this is a very powerful spirit where the physical universe, meaning our bodies or things around us objects, can be affected mm-hmm. uh through non physical techniques by spirits. And even people. And even people.
1: It, exactly. People think whenever you say exorcism or exorcist and you know, whenever I started telling people that you were gonna be on the show, they're like, Oh, okay, an exorcist, so he is he a priest? You know, people have such a classic view of exorcism. What, when you mention your techniques, what do you do, and what you know? What can I give the listeners to kind of break that mold, get get them out of that box? Know that
0: uh, it's all science. That the other side, heaven, angels, God, all of these things have a scientific component to it. I'm not saying there's a personal. There's not a personal. Uh, personality to spirits and and higher spirits and God and all that. I'm just saying that uh, the idea of creating things out of non-physical reality and then creating things into physical reality is actually a science. So Mm -hmm. I take non-physical energies that have a known effect uh, upon uh, negative non-physical energies, which is the only thing that we need to be concerned about, at least that I can help with, and I apply that um, sort of like a fire hose in a way, uh, sort of like a car wash, except for it goes right through a person and out of a person uh, in order to clear out blockages of negative emotional energy, which we all have, and if there's a spirit involved um, I use certain devices which I create now, so I teach people how to do this in order to separate these spirits. There's usually some kind of connection going on when there's a possession it doesn't mean that the spirit is inside of a person and sometimes it could just be a uh, or an emotional connection and it has to be severed and the spirit has to be driven away and I use um, all sorts of uh, different devices that I create spirits in order to uh, create things in their own world, especially essentially heaven. if they want to look the way, you know younger, if they want to move from point A to point B, if they want to create uh, uh, their clothing, it's all made out of energy, and they use a process uh, like visualization, which works differently on the non-physical level. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm saying it's science. You know that um, uh, I don't I don't know if I'm anybody special as much as that I simply am able to do these things naturally. I think um, we all do these things or could uh, protect ourselves to some. Degree, we're just not really taught how to do it. Now, the movie The Exorcist, which um, I did handle for a television show on Annie, uh, okay. yeah, it was 13 Most Shocking Hollywood Curses. And my job was to do The Exorcist, the movie The Exorcist. This is a few years back. And, you know, 99% of that stuff never happened uh, in the original um, uh, event. I mean, as far as the supernatural stuff, there was some supernatural things that happen, or what we would consider to be supernatural,
1: but very little of
0: it. And so, uh, you know, it, it actually took a while, and, um, and so a lot of those things didn't happen. the process of, of exorcism is, is disconnecting, in every way, two spirits, one spirit that is trying to dominate or uh, uh, essentially get someone to do something that would not normally do. Hitler's uh, significant other maybe commit an act of violence uh, they would not normally do, kind of like an immediate road rage. Yes. We all become we all become homicidal on the road, you know. Yes, yeah, we down. do. <laughs> Some nice lady, you know, just happens by accident and cut us off, and all of a sudden, you know, let's be all these negative thoughts and negative spirits prey upon that. And so the importance of that, Kevin, is this. I don't think there's any more negative spirits around here than there ever have been in, in our history. Uh, people have been doing negative things to each other uh, since the beginning of time, horrible things. Uh, we just hear about it a lot more. And also they love to work behind the scenes because they do have every interest in in uh, all of us not knowing that they're there. You know, that these, these things are, you know sort of Hollywoodish, not, you know, cut down Hollywood, they make movies, but the idea that uh, it's got to be something fantastic, it's got to be something that's really obvious, but it's not. So a spirit actually communicating telepathically and emotionally to you to amplify your anger and maybe get you to do something on the spur of the moment that you would not normally do that would cause, you know, a horrible disaster is the kind of thing work they like to do.
1: So, I'm going to say this then, how how is it that they can create that, let's look at hypnosis. The, The truth about hypnosis, at least in my humble opinion, is a hypnotist can't make you do anything that's outside of your character. It's something that deep down inside you really want to do, and they just kind of, you know, like alcohol, simply remove your inhibitions.
0: He, but he, yeah, but if, if I understand you...
1: If you're, let's just say that you're
0: in an argument with a significant other, and there is that part of you that says, I'm not going to let this go any further. And you're really angry. I mean, you're so angry you could just, you know, it's like, wow, I would just like to do something, you know, like hit this person or something. But I don't do that. I'm not going to do that. This is when um, maybe a negative spirit or demonic spirit might pop in, and throw a huge amount of rage, and mix it with your rage, and throw you over the line where you would make a decision or not be able to actually uh, throw that stopgap in there and actually go through with uh, doing something that you would not normally do. So essentially you think it's your own rage, and you might be justified in doing that when later on you'd say, wow, how could I possibly do that? Why didn't I stop like I have? a million times before. And so this is one example. If there's substance abuse, if you check out, if you if you drink, say, you know, substance abuse, not substance use, but abuse, if you say check out on something, it is that much easier for something to temporarily check in and do something, uh, to, uh, to get you to do something you would not normally
1: do. Oh, I, I completely understand that. If you are not in control of your mind, then who is?
0: It's easy for something to step in just temporarily, you
1: know, and get you to do something you would not normally do.
0: I remember something in, uh, that happened to me. Just uh, oh my God, I was just I was in my twenties after I got out of the service. I was I was walking uh, with three people I did not know from one pub to the other across a very steep bridge over the Milwaukee River, uh, and. Um for some reason this uh two girls got into an argument over something I didn't know, and this girl just just jumped over the bridge. Had me and this other guy not caught her because it was winter and she had a coat on, thank God we grabbed on the coat, she'd be gone. She'd be dead because it was hundreds of feet to the bottom. Uh and so it was, you know, she'd be gone. And so uh what made her do that? By the time we got to the pub, she, and she was drinking, by the time we got to the pub, she had not remembered why she wanted to even do that. You know, and I, so these are kind of the kind of things that people do on, you know, uh, uh, immediately, you know, on a moment's notice. Crazy stuff.
1: Now, let me ask you, oh, you, you've got me excited, Jeffrey, and I'm a rabbit chaser without a co-host. So... <laughs> so. Um, because I've got a similar story Um, not it didn't happen to me but I had to deal with it we were stationed in Guantanamo Bay uh, about four years ago and there was a young woman from another uh, another unit and she had you know had a little bit to drink and she was depressed and when people think of Cuba they think of these lush tropical jungles I do not know why the United States military chose cliffs, rocks and a lava bed to put our base on, but, but there it is. Uh, this girl ended up halfway down a cliff, trying to jump, you know, to, to intentionally jump to her death. Yeah. And one of my squad members had to actually climb down there and retrieve her, and she was completely nude. And when we got her back up to the top, you know, we covered her up in a blanket, put her in the back of the Hummer, and, you know, let the medics look at her. And, like you said, she had no memory of why, when, where, all I know is I've got to die. I want to die. Would Now, here's the weird part of it. How the heck did she wind up that far down a absolute sheer cliff, Jeffrey. Without some type of a spiritual influence, are, are are they able to to do miraculous acts under the influence of these spirits?
0: I would say no. That if there was, she had jumped off a cliff and should be dead, and she was fine, then I would almost be looking more for something extraterrestrial. And and uh, uh, I'm not saying it's not possible, but it's just. Uh, it doesn't happen very often, where a spirit would intervene and somebody jumps off a cliff and gets them to float down. I mean, we do. We've heard stories, and that guy jumped off the top of, or fell off the top of a skyscraper in New York City, I think it was, not just a couple years back. And he lived; his brother didn't. But he, you know, of course, he's pretty smashed up. But um, so uh, he floated down on glass, but was that miraculous? You know, I don't know. But that's a different kind of story. I'd say if, if how did that person get to the bottom of the cliff without, uh, from what I understand, significant injury or no injury.
1: No injury at all. And she was halfway down you know, on on a ledge. So she had to have either jumped or fallen about 50 feet. And then it would have been about – I'm guesstimating, and, and I'm terrible at depth perception – it, if she had have completely fell, it would have been about another hundred feet down to the water.
0: Well, uh, so I guess the question is the motivation, really. You know, I mean, as far as what would get her to do something she doesn't remember doing, um, any uh, any ne- any spirit can have negative intentions. Uh, if uh, 75% of people are good and 25% are not, which I think is kind of a, Fair average here on the earth. It could be said that 75% of spirits are good and 25% are not, meaning that they have negative intentions and they might have negative intentions toward humans. So uh, it may not be something more. A demonic spirit is essentially the counterpart of an angelic spirit, meaning that they're much older Mm -hmm. and they're much more evolved. Uh, Demonic spirits would not have a lot of respect for humans. Um, So something was. uh, Probably um, on her side at some point in there. Uh, I'm just guessing, you know, from what you have said. But uh, there's plenty of negative spirits out there. They're just negative people who are dead that I run into contact with and I do clearings, uh, which I do every day. And uh, they are just negative people who are dead and continue to do negative things and have a negative intention. And they don't like themselves. They don't like other people. And now that they're not able to be seen physically by people, because they don't have any physical attributes, that uh, they can uh, come close to us, and they can sort of whisper into our mind uh, uh, positive or negative things. I only am concerned about the negative things. And then uh, we would not even believe or think that they're there. For one thing, we don't see them, so there's nothing there. Mm -hmm. The second thing that would be was that that's a negative thought that I've had in my mind, and, and... very often it is us doing that. Sometimes we get some uh, uh, help in a negative way, meaning that there's a secondary spirit that comes close to us and then essentially um, sends out a thought form of energy, much like me, if I was standing next to you and or right behind you, right behind your back, and I was thinking horrible thoughts about you, <laughs> sooner or later you're going to turn around. Even if you thought you were alone in the room, Kevin, I'll, I'll, let, I'll bet you five euro or five dollars that uh, if I stood behind you and you didn't know that I was there, if I thought for five minutes about you's rage, just, you know, about you or something about you, you, you look around. You just kind of feel weird, you know, and so people don't really understand that, that just because we can't see spirits doesn't uh, mean that they're not there and we have to protect ourselves and that's half of my work is teaching people how to protect themselves in several easy steps it's very
1: important a little protection goes a long way Yes. And we're, not, we're, not, we're not at their mercy it's just that most people don't do anything well it's because they're convinced Je- I, I'm I am convinced of this the greatest the greatest trick that the devil ever pulled was convincing people that he doesn't exist it is, it's is true, and especially
0: since they were all, most religions are taught that there is an afterlife, there is some kind of higher place, like a heaven type situation. So uh, that would mean that there's still something. I think the problem is is that there's so little discussion in modern religion about exactly what you are or what you become after you die, it's just if given that you are something. Now, some of these religions teach that everything that you do in your life is left behind, that you're something new. I disagree with that. I, I believe that the only thing that happens is, is that uh, our physical body ceases to exist, but our personality is part of our soul. Per, our personality is part of our spirit. Our soul and our spirit are the same thing. And our personality goes with us when we die. And if we have a negative personality or are somehow we get negative after we pass on, there's a possibility uh, that uh, some people do negative things and continue to do negative things. Uh, it's, it's just there are plenty of them around. Isn't it? Lots of people on our planet, lots of people dying. So there's lots of spirits in, uh, out there, and some continue to hang around close to us where they shouldn't be moving away and, and living uh, with other spirits or by themselves whenever they want to.
1: Well well let, let me agree with you and disagree with you at, at the same time you know I learned that from John Kerry but I believe that the spirit and the soul are two different things. I believe that your spirit is that, that divine spark that God gave you to create life you know, to join you with him, but your soul is you. It, it is the sum of your experiences. I, I
0: don't see any particular um, argument to that point. I mean, if one wants to say that there's a spark of the divine in each soul, I believe that dogs, cats have souls. I believe all insects Absolutely. have souls, and so individual souls. They don't grow into a group soul and they die. They are individual souls. They are not human souls. I can see them. I I was born with that ability and and continue to develop these abilities and work on animals all the time. But I would not argue that point uh, because uh, I think it's very possible and logical that uh, there is a spark of the divine in in each person. But I, I would also say that Uh, that's not something we really have to worry about that might be you know something that's just kind of automatic and so the idea is that you know it's our personalities or souls as you say that we have to worry about you know uh, there's a lot we can do Uh, and the the most important part of all of this to me is that when we die we take our personalities with us because our personalities are non-physical when we die we take everything with us that is not physical
1: so if you take a look at our
0: bodies, spirits and souls what part of that is physical ask yourself and you'll come up with an idea that basically the only part of us that is physical or dies is the physical body so our our personalities do not die
1: no because I've run into plenty of spirits as a medium now you know if if you look at me you would say I'm more of a 3x but I am a medium and as I run into spirits if they were jerks in life they tend to be jerks in the afterlife as well and so I, I have to agree with you that that you you take that with you but where is the where is the reconciliation where is that God moment or oh my god I was such a jerk in life maybe I should change my ways When when does that happen or, or I guess the question I'm leading towards is where is heaven and why aren't they there it's really pretty much
0: right next to us uh, it's just a deeper portion uh, like a different dimension uh, so that spirit resides inside of us anyway or the soul all these things are inside of us anyway and so that that god moment you're talking about happens when we have two eyes we look at the physical world and so we say that's all there is when that physical world is removed that doesn't mean we can't see it I believe we can see it just fine but when it's removed as an obstacle meaning that we don't have a physical body our perceptions uh, change they become more powerful in so, and then we start looking at ourselves. We're able uh, naturally to look at our entire lives. And also we can uh, uh, look into other people's minds and see how they think about us. And sometimes we're quite surprised at all of that. So I think that that moment of realization of, okay, that's you know my personality at the moment, comes... Uh For some, very soon after the moment of death, and for some uh, people who are afraid to look at themselves or forget how to do it, uh, then that's a little bit longer of a period. And for some people who are uh, so ashamed or so unwilling to look at themselves, if they were unwilling to look at themselves in their physical life, I would imagine it would take some time to, uh, for them to really come to grips with all of that in the non-physical world mm-hmm. as well, it's, it's not going to be the way we want it to be. You know, uh, we have our own strict rules about things. You know, that Jeff's going to have, him, but Kevin isn't because he did all these bad things not really people, I'm just using Kevin as an example, but, you know, and then we find, okay, Kevin is right next to me, you know, in heaven and enjoying himself and also looking at himself and all of that. Uh, You know, people are surprised. Sometimes they're disappointed. It's like, wow, I I really believe that Kevin belongs somewhere else and here he is, you know, so it's not always up to us. Uh, And and so uh, I think that, the Akashic Records, many of your listeners might have heard of that, which means essentially the the book of knowledge. I believe there is no such thing. My concept is is that everything is known. Everything is knowable, meaning that uh, all information is knowable through perception. The Akashic Records is not a library. That's very symbolic. It's a nice concept. And some valid psychic readers will go and say, I'm going to this library to take a look. But actually, it's really not necessary that all of, it, all of the information is really, everything, everything that's ever happened is knowable. It's not a secret. It's only, you know, we're not able to perceive that on a conscious level at this point in our existence.
1: You know, you make a really good point, Jeffrey. Um, and, and here's why. Now, I want to believe in the Akashic Records. I, I really do. I want to believe but if you go you know I I am a practicing Jew and if you go deep 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 into Judaism we believe that all of your memory every little moment every waking second of your life is recorded in your in, in your mind or in your soul and you know how everybody talks about when you go to heaven you've got this past life review that is when all of that spills out and you see your life you see every moment of your life and everybody you touched and everybody they touched you know, like like you know I I give this homeless man a dollar that's recorded but not only that but what did that homeless man do with that dollar and what lives did he touch and he touch and he touched and it gets exponential would that be more along the lines of what you're thinking of the Akashic records?
0: I think that is more along the lines of how you want or believe that that's going to happen. And I don't think that that would be wrong. Uh, I would look at it more like the Akashic records are sort of like a non physical master tape, essentially that anybody can see uh, your most private thoughts uh, that sorry for the you know lack of privacy, people. But the idea that <laughs> spirit, spirits can see everything—I mean, as far as things they need to know—it's just that most of us would probably agree that our lives are not so interesting. You know that what would be the reason that a spirit would want to invade our privacy or look at us or things we don't want them to see or whatever when they have their own uh, stuff going on? So I would say that it's not you know, looking at yourself, you determine when you want that to happen. If you want that to happen in a ritual form, after you die, where essentially you go over this, these things with your spirit guides or, or uh, higher deities, which I believe there are lots of out there, uh, which lends validity to the different religions and, and mm-hmm. in so far as that they're there to help you. Uh, I think that the, that is a good place, you know. And I also think that it's not necessarily really good for people to immediately start to uh, the process of self-examination after death. Uh, people who have gone through near-death experiences uh, can tell you about the first thing they, you know, say is uh, above the operating table or something. They pronounced dead or whatever. I'm here, I feel fine, I'm up here, I'm floating above the table. How many How many stories, how many books has that one been written in? And, and so, you know, uh, you know I, I think that uh, uh, they're pretty much trying to tell us that they're the same. People who have stories about their grandmothers or parents or siblings or somebody who died coming back to them right after they die and saying, hey, I'm fine, you know, I'm okay or whatever, getting that feeling or something, just even a feeling of something being near me, like, wow, my, my brother's still around or my, my mother's still around, you know, letting me know that they're okay is, is something that we can get on, a, on a, while we're in the physical. Um, if we remembered everything about our past lives, I don't. I think it would be problematic. I think it's okay to, to go into it. The stuff that I did was not under hypnosis. It just came to me. But uh, I think that if, if we remembered everything we did in a past life, we might end up becoming a, a lot of times depressed, you know, that, like, say, last lifetime we did a lot of bad things. That would just simply haunt us. It wouldn't necessarily make us live a better life in this life. We kind of need a, a new start. You know, we're, we're always going to have these problems sticking up. And, you know, uh, say we were an alcoholic in our past life, we may have to deal with that in this life if we didn't deal with it in the next life, which means, you know, essentially the reasons why we drank and you know, self-destructive or, you know, anxiety or all the other millions of other things and how we handle problems. I think there's a lot of that going on, but, you know, that's, you know, a whole bunch of uh, it's a different, it goes into different, you know, subjects and topics of past life stuff. But I do believe that people live many lives I remember bits and pieces of last lives, or or past lives, and I also remember uh, dying in a few lives, and so uh, I know what it's like, and uh, it was uh, the transformation itself, it was like, well, if I didn't see my body lying in the middle of the road, then I would not know that I was dead, which tells me, in my own experience, Kevin, that absolutely nothing happened to my personality, because I'm looking at my body and saying, the only reason I know that I am dead is my body's lying in the middle of the road and I'm 25 or 50 feet away uh, and I'm fine. I can see the physical world and you know things are, are very clear and I, I'm sure I can float away at any time. I don't feel connected to my body. And so uh, I think it's all good news you know I, I just think when it comes to religion you know that we have to kind of look out for the fine print that, that people wrote, Because most major religions, I find, pretty much all have the same major philosophy. And then you get into the fine print, and then it's radically different. And so you can decide what you want to do with all that. But uh, I really do believe that, uh, say, God and higher spirits, angels, um, uh, are also scientists. And uh, the the non-physical universe also has rules although they are not physical rules. And so spirits cannot do anything they want to do. And they also cannot do uh, anything they want to uh, living people. There are things we can do to protect ourselves, and I'm very big on that.
1: Yeah, um, before we get to the protection, though, I, I want to circle back around to an earlier point. Um, and, and you gave me a perfect, beautiful segue into it. What about spirits that, when you're doing a clearing, a, a, and you're clearing a location of a negative spirit or or even be it energy what if that spirit doesn't want to go like I, I belong here that this is mine this is my space I either died here or I enjoy it here or I've run into this situation these people feed me and how dare you
0: Spirits create their own reality
1: on a non-physical
0: level, meaning that when you are in heaven, you can create your own home, clothing, and surroundings through the process of visualization. It's a little bit more complex than that, but it's also very easy to do when all spirits do it. When we're dealing with non-physical beings, they have to obey non-physical laws and so what I do is I teach people how to create devices and protection systems only out of non-physical energies from the other side which is something we normally do. So scientists know that we, like the string theory and all of that, that we have these little vibrational things that come up and depending on how they vibrate and the rate that they vibrate, it, physical matter is created. So the same is true of using non-physical energy as a spirit in order to deflect and to get non-physical things like spirits and demonic spirits in order to move away from you and also cut the negative connections.
1: Now, what if, do you believe that when when we're talking about these connections that people, you know, you always meet these people in life, and I work in corrections, so I meet them rather often, that their lives are just so tragic and you're like why you know what is wrong with you do you feel that maybe that's influenced by negative spirits that creates that tragedy so that they can consume that negative energy and just stay stronger and how do they begin to protect themselves from that when, when you tell them you know defend yourself create devices what do they do
0: Jeff An angry person who is living, really angry, deep inside, uh, likes to see chaos and and other people get angry and and maybe even rejoices in conflicts and and even uh, violence itself. Same is true of negative spirits who do this kind of thing. Unfortunately, there's nothing we can offer spirits, Kevin, and so the motivations for doing these things are, are varied. Uh, But one motivation that uh, is very common is they just like to see people do negative things, and it gives them a sense of satisfaction and a sense of uh, power, uh, more on an emotional level, that, hey, I got this person to hit their significant other, their wife, their kid. I got this person to shoot somebody or shoot a whole bunch of people. That's in the news. Now I'm not saying that's all due to negative spirits or anything, but... Uh, certainly that's the kind of thing that would attract negative spirits in order to throw a person over the edge. Um, And so sometimes the motivation is just the satisfaction of being able to get someone to do something that's harmful to themselves uh, and or others. And, And it doesn't make any sense to people like you and I. It's like I get nothing out of that. (laughs) <laughs> well, and, and, and you know what? 75 to 80% of the living people listening to this show are going to go, I get, and maybe more listening to this show, nothing. It's like, well, that wouldn't do anything for me. Not for you, but your motivations are good. You're thinking more about giving that person $5 so they get something to eat. Yeah, you're a nice person. But the idea is that a negative person or a negative spirit would do things maybe purely for the idea of, of creating a negative event which yes. make no sense at all to a person who has no interest in that, or spirit, makes perfect sense in a way to a person who is so angry at themselves and or the world or their life or their past life, the life they just lived, that they have to make other people's lives miserable too. And it may be people that you have known that have passed on, that are coming back for a little revenge or to make sure that your life is as miserable as their life used to be. Physical fire, but non-physical fire... Is one of the things used in order to move negative energy and also to separate spirits. Water also uh, have non-physical cleansing properties to them, as well as water having a cleansing property to it. Fire, it could be said, has some physical cleansing properties to it. I'm only concerned about the non-physical cleansing properties. Uh, but uh, uh, so there's there's kind of like the symbolic way to do exorcisms, and then there's um, the more uh, modern techniques which I get into, you know, that says, well, there, there may be an issue in the home too or something, you know, that uh, there's something around this uh, to look at all of it and not just uh, a simplistic explanation that there is just a negative spirit inside of a person. Uh, they might be, um, uh, you know, uh, essentially mentally ill and, and some mental illnesses and has physical uh, causes and yeah, uh, not necessarily possessed, and so these are the things I look for when people call me. But like I said, that uh, I would say 60% of the people who contact me just want their home or their person or their business cleared uh, so that people don't feel negative energy around them and they also feel stronger and better and able to, also able to conduct better business, so it's more practical. And then there's that other percentage of my business that um, deals with definitely people or property or under attack. Most of the time, it's the people under attack because spirits have no interest in property. They don't need shelter. So it, it, it's more to attack humans. Not always, always the case, but then not all spirits are mentally
1: healthy. Yo, know, that makes sense. Really, it, it does. And speaking you know, as a person that's done this for 20 some odd years. You know, people are always like, Well my home is haunted. Well no, I don't think it's your house. I-, I think it's you. Well why does it just attack me here? Because that's where you are.
0: Yeah, and and the goal might be to drive them away and then of course they go to another place and then they get attacked again and that's going to frustrate them more. So the best thing to do is to make a stand and get rid of the problem uh, you know, in your home or in uh if there's any kind you feel negative or, or something like that. There's things that can be done about that that is not uh, religious. I don't belong to any religion at all. I work, you know, with everybody. And so there, there are things we can do, but if you if you leave it if it doesn't follow you you're certainly leaving it for the next people. <laughs> you'll have yeah, to put a little disclaimer there, you know, when you're selling your house that by the way it's haunted and uh, or it's going to follow you around because spirits are not confined to houses. You know they can you know follow you anywhere, and that's kind of why I caution ghost hunters. I'm more of a ghostbuster. The idea is that you know if you call negative spirits, say you're in a prison or of so, uh, something, and you worked in corrections, you worked in corrections. That uh, if you call spirits. Uh, that you're going to probably find only negative spirits be interested in going to a place where people are obviously suffering whether they committed crimes or not. They're clearly incarcerated and nobody's having fun.
1: <laughs> Absolutely true. Hey, uh, yeah don't call me. I'm not showing up. I'm over here having a great time. And they can follow you home. And what I tell them is, okay, even if something doesn't happen right there in
0: front of the cameras, they can follow you right back to your home and attack your family. There's no law that says that spirits have to go away once the camera stop rolling so I, I you know I always tell ghost hunters be careful what you're doing if you call a negative spirit you know please pinch me scratch me bite me yes. some
1: cameras it's like you're making a, a serious mistake yes that to me is 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 just really stupid now I, I do invite spirits you know if you have anything to say say it into this device but without naming any names we all know who we're talking about you know, oh, you like to pick on little girls? Well, do something to me. Do something to me. Attack me. Are you stupid?
0: Most spirits are positive, you know, and if you're just calling them, you know, essentially, you protect yourself. If you protect yourself, is what I also teach, that essentially there's no harm in doing that. Uh, uh, And so you might even get some, you know, good jokes and some information from the other side and and things you're looking for. So most spirits are good. They're not going to do negative things, but you know the Ouija board—you have to be careful with, protect yourself because it is kind of like a party line. One moment you have a good spirit, one moment it's negative.
1: Exactly. Now you mentioned remote exorcisms—that you can do clearings remotely. Yeah, How? most of them,
0: most of them are done that way by me. Um, I had to learn and and also be kind of retrained by my own spirit guides, but essentially by focusing through Skype. Uh, you know, different messenger services, video stuff, or even with a picture, usually I talk to a client if possible, uh, depending on, I work with people all over the world. Each person has a unique vibrational rate, much like our DNA, so I can focus in on it and 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 throw a huge amount of energy through that person when they know that that's going to happen. And the same is true of a house. There's only one house. They may look the same, be built the same. They might even, you know... Uh, Uh, you'd be right next to each other but each person has a unique home and and also business and so it's a little harder to do but uh, there's no such thing as distance when it comes to energy work because distance is a physical property and not a non-physical property which means a spirit could go from uh, you know New York to Los Angeles in, in two seconds where it takes us you know four hours or something by a jet airplane and so the same is true if I'm focusing in on something I can throw energy and get rid of this problem uh, uh, in a matter of a few hours or over a course of a few days if it's very serious by working on it maybe an hour or two a day, that kind of thing. That's how I usually work. I usually work with an exorcism. So it's science. It's not uh, uh, some kind of hocus pocus, or or, uh, I would not even consider it to be spirituality. It really is a scientific. Technique that does not mean that there is not um, a god or there are spirits or they have personalities. It just means that they're also scientists and there are laws on both sides of the universe. Mm-hmm.
1: So, Jeffrey Sealman, tell us about starclear.com. And is this where the listeners can reach out to you and maybe get their questions answered or, or take advantage of what you do? I don't
0: charge for initial consultations, which means get a hold of me and ask me questions, see if I can help you. Starclear.com is the name of my website. Starclear, one word. Starclear.com. On that is my Skype information, telephone numbers, uh, places where you can text me pictures, email addresses, all my contact information, my life history, um, all of that. You know, my resume. Uh, Everything you need to know is at StarClear.com, and I'm happy to answer questions. And like I said, don't charge for initial consultations, because first I want to see if I'm even able to help you and see if you need my help.
1: See, and I have to admire that. I really, really do. I have to admire that. But, Jeffrey, I've been taking notes throughout the interview. I hope nobody has heard my scribblings. But we haven't even begun to even scratch the surface. I've got so many more questions. I've got to have you back on the show again soon. Would you be willing to join us?
0: Oh, I'd be happy to, Kevin. You know, uh, it, it is. There's a lot of more stuff I can go into
1: on a deeper level
0: that I think would interest your your uh, listening audience. So, uh, I'd be happy to come
1: back. Oh, heck, it's interesting me right now. <laughs> I got great. so many, so many questions but we're quickly running out of time but i would be remiss if i didn't end the show with this and i love to ask you know and this is what happens folks when i don't have a co-host if you had one minute to address the entire planet what would you tell them learn how to
0: protect yourself from negative emotional energies which are naturally generated by all living people through their non-physical system when they're waking or sleeping and also to protect ourselves from negative spirits and also a lot of the anger that's happening around our world as our world's going through some big changes. So keep yourself protected. It's really easy to do. You can do it in 10 minutes or, I'm sorry, 10 seconds flat. The way I teach it, it works, uh, really easy to learn. So protect yourself, protect your family, protect your home and business. There's lots of negative energy out there. Not a good
1: time to go unprotected. Our guest has been Jeffrey Seelman. One more time, his website is www.starclear.com. Jeffrey, thank you. Thank you so much for being on with us today. Kevin, thanks a lot for having me on. To find out more about our show, guests, or listen to a previous show, visit our website at www.somethingweirdmedia.com.
0: Show's over for now.
1: Was it as good for you as it was for me? Well, good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back.